good morning, familia. We have braved the cold together, and I love it. Uh, and so good morning to all of you. Um, man, I'm so grateful for the Lord uh, and how we can really praise his name. You know, I don't know if you had a good week or a bad week, the worst week of your life, the best week of your life. But here's what I know, is that God's grace abounds. God's grace overflows in our lives, and I'm just so thankful for him. Because as a people who have been transformed by the love of God, the power of God, the grace of God, God promises that his spirit is, is in us. And that's something I just want to remind you of because today is another day to do his will and to glorify him as Lord Almighty. And so this Sunday, this morning, is going to be a little bit different for us. Uh, the reason it's going to be different is because I'm actually going to have you guys study this passage with me. So we're actually going to walk through this passage together. And so you should have gotten one of these cards with you. And this is just a little example that I'll point to here in a little bit. But I just want to make sure everyone has one. If you don't, there's still some more across the seats. Um, but what we're going to do is I want you to just get your Bibles, get a piece of paper, and get your note app out on your phone. Um, because we're going to be looking at the passage together. And so before we get into the passage, <clears throat> there's a couple of preliminary questions I just want to ask you. I want to ask you this. Have you ever like read the Bible and just said, you know what, I just didn't get anything out of that? Or have you ever maybe felt as if you were far away from God and you tried to read your Bible and you're like, man, I still feel like God is far away. Maybe you felt like that because you find yourself in a cycle of sin. Or maybe you feel like that because uh, you're just still feeling the guilt of a sin that maybe you did in the past. There's a lot of things that can maybe cause us from feeling as if we're far away from the Lord. And you try to read the Bible and you still feel far away. You see, you're not alone. I've been there and all of us have been there before. You see, if you're new with us, my name is Misael and I'm one of the pastors here. And I'll be the first one to tell you I am not perfect and I'll tell you, welcome to our church, but everyone in this room is not perfect. Amen. There has never been a person who has been as perfect or will ever be perfect unless it was Jesus Christ himself. Unless it was God himself. He is the only one who was perfect. And there will never be someone who's as perfect because we cannot be perfect. There will never be someone who's perfect because only God himself is perfect. And as we think about that, our faith is in Jesus. Our faith is that... Um, that he created. Our faith is that he came to us and died for us. Our faith is that he wants a relationship with us. Our faith is that he's coming back. This is Jesus who we're talking about. And I'm just afraid <clears throat> that there's these moments where we try to look at the word and there's moments we feel far away from the Lord. And then what happens is that we begin to like believe these lies. We begin to believe these lies that God's not close, even though he is. We begin to believe these lies that God just doesn't care, but he does. We begin to believe these lies that God is too busy for me. We begin to believe these lies that maybe God hates us. Or maybe we believe these lies that even though we put our faith and trust in Jesus, that God's not in us anymore. You see, these are all lies <clears throat> that we can begin to believe but again, they're all lies. And so I want to make sure I point that to you because whenever we begin to believe these things or begin thinking these things, there's the, the best way to combat that is looking at God's word and saying, what has Jesus said about that? What has Jesus said about this? 
and maybe what does the Bible say about that? Because if all of these are lies, and if Jesus is the truth, the way and the life, if God's word is really true, we have to look at God's word to find the truth. And so maybe you find yourself in that situation this morning. And here's what I hope for us. And I know there's a variety of us in here where some have been walking with the Lord and have had this relationship with God for a long time. Or maybe you find yourself as someone who doesn't believe in God. My hope is that as we study this passage together the next 20, 30 minutes, that I'll be able to guide us in connecting with God's word to our daily lives. Connecting to God's word and saying, Lord, what is your truth Though there's a lot of lies out there, what is your truth? Because there's nothing sweeter than that. And so last week we looked at our mission, and our mission statement is to love all people to Christ and equip them on their journey with God and one another. And we tethered that out, and I particularly said, hey, we love all people, not just some people, but all people, and not to ourselves, not to a church, not to like a a rally, but to Christ and Christ himself. And so then this Sunday, we're gonna be looking at a core value of ours as a church, a core value. So here's the core value that we're gonna be looking at, and it's this. Connect God's truth to our daily lives. Connect God's truth to our daily lives. That's a um, core value of our church, and so I want you to make sure you write that down Because if someone asks you, hey, what's a core value of the church you go to? You can say, well, we like to connect God's word to our daily life. Because let's be honest, we've all been there when we're like reading the Bible and we're like, okay, that's cool. And that's where we leave it. We don't really try to connect with it. We don't really try to connect with it to our daily lives. And you see, here's what happens. The Bible is transformative when we realize that it is so relevant for our life. It's so relevant for every age. It's so relevant for every stage of life. It's so relevant for every single situation. And so we can connect to God's truth, to our daily life. And what we're going to do today is we're going to practice that together. We're going to practice that together. So with notes in hand, with a Bible in hand, I want to go ahead and let's turn to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 18. And so if you don't have a Bible, uh, there's Bibles underneath the chair. You can always use the Bible app. Anything that has scripture on it is great. So Revelation chapter 2, we'll start in verse 18. And as you get there, I just want to explain a little bit to you what what this card is. What this card is is an example and a description of what's called a hear journal. So here journal really is just a way, it's not the way, but it's a way uh, to study the Bible, to study the Bible in a simple way, to not just understand what's happening, but also to apply in our lives and to help us respond. Uh, there's a pastor named Robbie Gallaty, who's a guy who I've been, uh, had the honor to meet and to kind of talk with, and he's the one who created this, and I just love it because it's so simple that even students can go through it. One of the things I just want to point out to you is that our students have actually been going through the HEAR Journal uh, this past year, and we started it first in Owasso, and then we want to bring it to Tulsa, but there's about like 95 students who have gone through the HEAR Journal this past year, and it's just amazing to see uh, all of their stories, and I've been able to walk with some of our students about how to do this, and it's really cool to see them, okay, here's, here's maybe a way that I can actually get into God's word, and so the main idea for us, the main principle really for us this morning is to hear the word of God, is to hear 
the word of God. And so uh, this word here really is just an acronym where H means to highlight, E means to explain, A means to apply, and then R means to respond. Highlight, explain, apply, respond. And we're gonna be going through this a little bit more. But that's just kind of the main idea, is that we're going to hear the word of God. And so let's go ahead and stand up together, and we're going to read Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And we're going to go all the way to verse 29. So it says this. To the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servant into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I've given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering And I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on to what you have until I come. Verse 26 says this, To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over all the nations, that I will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my Father. I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And this is the word of the Lord, and praise be to God. Amen. You may be seated. So as we go into this passage together, and again, there's going to be some things I'm going to have you do. I just want to make sure we're aware of this, that we come to the Lord with humility. We come to him humbly in prayer, and so we're going to pray here in just a little bit. And then every single passage that we look at, we have to keep in mind that every single passage in this word points to Jesus Christ. It points to him and it centers all on him. And the second thing, or the third thing I want to make sure you understand is that God is one and only. There is no one like God. He is the one and only triune, pure, amazing, awesome, just, authoritative God. And then the fourth thing is that we can completely trust God's word. We can trust it completely because it is his word. And so we, before we begin studying this, I just want to pray for us and just ask that the Lord will reveal himself to us in his word. Lord, in this moment, <clears throat> we come to you in humility, understanding that this is just a different kind of Sunday, that we're in a steadier word together. Lord, I pray that you would meet us here. Would you meet us here, Lord? We understand that you are with us in this moment. Thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself in great power and in great clarity in your word, that your spirit would help us understand it. Lord, I do pray that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear. 
Lord, we are truly so humble that you are a holy God. You are set apart because there is no one like you. Lord, thank you that you have been so intentional in speaking to us to reveal yourself to us. Lord, I pray that you do that in this moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So we've read the passage, but you might, you might need to skim it again because what I'm going to ask you to do right now is to highlight or underline one, two, or three verses that really stick out to you. Okay, so part of the Hero Journal is that highlight, that underline. So skim this passage one more time, verse 18 to verse 29, and I'm going to give you some time to just highlight one, two, three verses that stick out to you or maybe verses you don't understand or maybe verses that's like, man, that one really spoke to me. So go ahead and take some time to do that and then we'll come back together. So I don't want to rush you, but I also know if I was you, I'd just like keep looking down until I started talking. So uh, I don't want to rush you, but again, here's this little piece of paper where uh, you can go back to and say, okay, what does it mean to highlight again? What's the H? And right here it says, what is a verse or verses that stood out to you in your reading? And so there's a lot of interesting things that we could highlight uh, there's a lot of things that maybe you did highlight, but again, we just want to focus on one, two, or three. And uh, I'm not going to have you share what you highlighted, but I'll share with you the ones that I highlighted. I highlighted Revelation 2, verse 18. I highlighted verse 20. I highlighted verse 29, um, <clears throat> because these are all the ones. Oh, also verse 28, uh, because these are all ones that kind of just stood out to me, things I had questions about, and that kind of stuff. And so... In the Hear Journal, the first thing is to highlight, that's the H, and then the next thing is to explain. And so I'm going to give you some time to write out one, two, three sentences trying to explain either the entire passage or one of the verses that you highlighted. 
So either trying to explain, um, you know, why was it written or what is the author trying to say to the original audience? And, and part of this is, is helping us know that we also have to look at some context. And so maybe you might want to skim over before or after this passage. But we want to try to just say, okay, Lord, what is the intended meaning of this passage? Like, how can I explain that to someone? So imagine you're trying to explain that to a child or to an adult or to your friend of saying, hey, this is why this passage was written, and this is what it means to the original audience. And so I'll give you some time to explain that. You guys are doing great. I'm so proud of you. I told you today was going to be a different kind of Sunday because when have you ever gone to a Sunday and like actually done the work <laughs> and a little bit of homework, you know? Many times we do come on a Sunday saying, okay, Lord, like I want to hear from you through someone who has read the passage, through someone who has tried to just say, Lord, like what does this mean and what does this mean for my life? But today I was like, what if we do that for ourselves? You see, I, I don't want to be a pastor who says, man, everybody reads their Bible and everybody knows how to read the Bible. But what we want to do is part of being pastors and ministers and just leaders is saying, hey, here's, here's a way that you can do that. Here's a way that you can know what the Lord says in his word and how to apply it in your life. And I'll be honest, this is a hard passage. Like this is a hard one to try to even do. Um, and so what I'll do is I'm actually going to explain this a little bit for us in general, and there's some specific things I would like to say about it. Um, and so as we look at these seven letters, right, so this is actually letter number, um, number three, and so um, there's these seven letters to the churches, and when we look at these seven letters, we have to remember this is the glorified Jesus speaking to these churches. And what, what we see in all of this is that these letters are to these seven churches, but they are for the global church, okay? They are to the seven churches, but for the global church. And so we have to keep in mind 
that this cannot mean something different to us than what it meant to the original audience. Okay, so whatever it meant to the original audience, it has to be applicable and it has to teach us as well. And so here's what I wrote down when it says, you know, why was this written? Well, this was written as we look here. It was written to warn the church. It was written to tell the church, hey, you're embracing false doctrine. You're embracing something that's not correct. And this false doctrine is leading you to sin. This false doctrine is something that is sinful. And what we see is that God does not tolerate sin. God does not tolerate at all. And so what is the author saying to the original audience? That's a good question to ask here. Well, what he's saying to them is repent. Repent from believing false doctrine. Repent because consequences are about to arrive. And God is a God of mercy. And he says, hey, I, I gave these people a chance, but they still turned away from me. So there's these consequences. And what we see, if we look at the bigger context here, is that the church of Ephesus, uh, which is the first church, the first letter that we saw, what we saw is that they had no love but all the doctrine. And then here we see that they had all the doctrine, but, uh, no, sorry, they had all the love, but no doctrine. That's what we see in this church, that they had all the love, but no doctrine. Again, I think this is a good passage for us to kind of wrestle with because it's a little bit harder. And I do have to tell you, man, the word of God is sufficient. The word of God is enough. But sometimes, I don't know about you as a human, I'm like, hey, I need some help. Like, I, I need some help understanding what this really means. Because, like, what does it mean, like, blazing fire, feet, and, you know, bronze, and eyes, and, like, what does all that mean? So a good study Bible is always great to have. And also, you know, commentaries are always great to have. But I understand, like, some of us can't get that. I understand some of us don't even know what that means. So I do want to suggest if you don't know what that means, man, come and talk to me. But I do want to point you to two online resources that I think are really good when we're trying to look at the Bible. of saying, okay, I need just some help understanding what this means. So the first online resource I want to point you to is this, the Bible Project. The Bible Project. So the Bible Project is an amazing YouTube channel where they go and they just kind of help you explain what's going on here. When you're like, okay, I don't understand this. I don't understand the big picture. I don't understand the meta narrative of the Bible. It's amazing to go on the Bible Project and then type in Revelation. And then there they can kind of help you explain what's going on. And also, I'm a visual person. I don't know if you guys are visual people. Uh, but they also do visuals, and it's just a really cool way to kind of help you understand what's happening. And then if you're more of an article reader or if you like more reading, I want to point you towards the Gospel Coalition. The Gospel Coalition is a really good online resource as well where you can look at not just different biblical passages, but bi different biblical themes of saying, what does the Bible say about this? What does the Bible say about that? And so all of these hard issues about the Bible and about life, the Gospel Coalition is really good for that too. Um, <clears throat> and so they, what I love is that they have these in English and in Spanish. And so I just like to point those two to people because they're great online resources. And so as we look at this passage, I just do want to explain this just in general. Because as we look at these things, there are some confusing manners. And so Jesus is saying, hey, these are the words of the Son of God whose eyes are like blazing fire. What does that mean? That God, that the Son of Man, the Son of God, that Jesus' eyes are like blazing fire. Really what it's pointing to here is the all-knowing, the all-present 
power of God, that Jesus is omniscient, that he knows all things because he is God. So he's saying, man, I just see all things because I know all things because I'm present everywhere I go. And then the second thing we see is like feet like a burnished, like, like burnished bronze. And you're like, what in the world does that even mean? This right here symbolizes just God's just power. How all, like just this is the omnipotence of God, which is this word of saying God is all powerful. And wherever I step, my power is. And where does he step? Everywhere, which is what the eyes are talking about. And so as we continue to see, he talks about this, this person named Jezebel, this woman Jezebel. And really, we have to think of the greater context of the whole Bible. Jesus is not actually talking about the, the original Jezebel that we see in the Old Testament in 1 Kings and even in 2 Kings. But what he's talking about is this person who, just like Jezebel in the Old Testament, is leading people to a kind of belief and a kind of doctrine that is making them sin. You see, the Jezebel in the Old Testament, what they were doing, what she was doing, was leading people to worship Baal rather than God. And here what we see Jezebel, this kind of Jezebel doing is leading people away from the truth of God, leading them to sexual immorality and eating the food of sacrificed idols. All of this for us, as we just look at it, should just really indicate a warning and caution for us of, of not just saying, okay, this is for the church of, of Thyatira, but this is for us that we shouldn't lose our love for God our love for people, but we also shouldn't lose our doctrine and our beliefs in God. And you might be saying, okay, what's our doctrine? Well, our doctrine is centered on the person and work of Jesus, of saying, man, everything was accomplished by Jesus. And so as we look at that, and as we think of, okay, a doctrine that is centered on the person and work of Jesus, here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that so many times we just focus on the works of Jesus rather than also looking at the person of Jesus. And here's why I say that. Many of times we just say, man, God is just not working for me. Like God is just not doing anything for me right now. And I'm like, Jesus isn't just to, to be here to do things for you. It's not just the works of Jesus, you know what I mean? But it's the person of Jesus too, like a relationship with Jesus. Like we shouldn't forget that Jesus didn't just come to do a work, but he came to have a relationship with us as well. And so as we think about all of that, I just can't help but get frustrated sometimes where, where people are just like, man, just, God's not doing anything for me. And I'm like, okay, but have you spent time with him? Have you like been in his word? Like, have you, in, like, here's the thing. Have you enjoyed your relationship with Jesus? Are you enjoying that? Because he is our treasure. He's our reward. And we're going to look at that later. And as we look at verses 18 to 21 and just beyond, I mean, you see these really harsh things. Like verse 22, it says, So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. I mean, these are all really harsh words. But you see, these are justice-driven words because God is just. God is, is a God of love, but he's also just, he is holy. You see, if we only focused on the love of God, that's not the entire picture of God. Because God is holy, God is just, God hates and does not tolerate sin. And you see, he's merciful. He is merciful and says, man, you know, I'm gonna give you a second chance, but he doesn't tolerate sin at all. 
He's completely against sin. That's why, that's why he came. And you see, he's completely against people who lead others to sin as well. And here's what I'm afraid of again, is that many of times we tolerate sin rather than hate sin like God does. So many times we do things or we walk in things of saying, well, you know, God will tolerate this. And it's like, why are we trying to walk in trying to tolerate something rather than trying to walk in purity and in holiness and in righteousness and saying, no, God hates sin. That's why Jesus came. So I too must hate sin. And you see, living a life of holiness and purity and righteousness is really hard. It really is difficult. But you see, God has commanded us to do that. But also God has empowered us to do that because his spirit is in us when we place our faith and trust in him. And all of this that we see here are actions of a holy and just God who says there are consequences. There are bad consequences because of sin. But there are also good consequences for those who are in Christ and those who turn back to Christ and for those who stay faithful to him. And that's why it says in verses 24 and 25, to all of those who did not fall into the sin, all those who did not uh, learn, in a sense, all the deep secrets of Satan, he says, I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on to what you have to come until I come. He says they're victorious. And so we see that this Lord, this God is, is almighty. He is just, he's holy. He does not tolerate sin. And then I want to point you to verse 28 that says, I will also give that one the morning star. And you might be asking, Misael, what in the world is the morning star? Well, again, if we look at the greater meta narrative of this, and, and if you look at Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, it actually calls Jesus Christ the morning star. I think about that. He says, and I will give you the morning star. Your reward will be the morning star, saying your reward will be Jesus. Your reward will be God himself. Man, hold on, be faithful, check your doctrine, check what you believe, because what we believe really indicates how we behave. And so he's saying, man, your reward, your treasure, your everything is the morning star, and your morning star, it arrives and it takes away all the darkness. And it's like, man, Wow, like, Lord, thank you. So that's what we see there in the explanation part, right? So we've highlighted, we've explained, but then, but then what, right? Like, these are all cool things to know about God, and it's amazing. Like, man, Lord, it just helps me know more of who you are, but we have to apply it. We have to apply it. So the next thing we're going to do is we're going to apply this text. So we're going to be looking at, of saying, okay, what can I do to apply this to my life? Like, Lord, how would you have me apply this? If you look at your little sheet here, it says, what is the principle to live by today? You see, if we're really gonna connect God's truth to our daily life, we have to read it and then also connect it to our daily life and write down, okay, what about this changes the way I think about God? What about this maybe changes the way that I live? And so I want to give you a moment to think about that. I want to give you a moment to write down just an application for your life according to this explanation.
this moment, don't be afraid to say or to pray and say, God, how would you have me apply this to my life? Lord, what from here do I need to take away? Some of the questions I asked myself when I was trying to apply this, and I know some of you are still writing some stuff down, but some of the questions I asked myself, I said, are we living in unrepentant sin? Are we a people who don't realize that we have been following the teachings of Jezebel, of sexual morality, of doing things that are not pleasing to the Lord? Another question I asked myself, I said, are we living in false doctrine? Am I believing something that's not true? Am I believing in the lies and the quote-unquote deep truths of, or deep secrets of Satan? Have I fallen into a trap of false teaching? Have I fallen into a trap of lies? That was a question I asked myself. And the reason I asked myself that question is because we have to be a people who constantly seek truth because we are bombarded with lies all the time. And like I said at the beginning, so many of us in those moments where we feel far away from the Lord, those moments where we read the scripture and it just you don't feel like you get anything out of it, that's when lies come in. And you see, in America, I, I, I mean, I could be wrong on this, but just what I see in America is that we are spiritually attacked by lies more than anything. We're not exactly spiritually attacked by gunpoint or by someone having a sword to our neck in America, at least here in Tulsa. But man, we are so spiritually attacked by lies. And the enemy wants us to believe the lies. Because when we believe in these lies, in a sense, we're living in a false reality. We're not living in the truth. We're not living in the true reality. And so what's the best way to defend from these lies? Asking ourselves the question, what has Jesus said about that? And also, what does the Bible say about that? Because what's the truth? Am I living in the truth? Am I living in victory in Christ? You see, because God is a God who loves, but he's also a God who disciplines. God is a kind God, but he's also a God who corrects. God is, is so gracious to give, but man, God is worthy to take away and we cannot escape his kingdom. We can't. And so some of the application that I just put for my own life, I was like, man, I need to be able to acknowledge the lies that I'm believing, throw them out and pursue God's truth. And then another one for me was, man, let the love for God drive my pursuit for holiness. Let my love for God drive my pursuit for holiness and knowledge of God. That was some application for me. And so maybe that some of those are for you. And then here's the last thing we're gonna do. We're gonna respond, right? So we've highlighted, we've explained, we've applied, and now we're gonna respond. So I want you to write down a response that you could have today. Like today, how can I respond to the Lord in this? Today, what can I do in response? 
How will I respond to the application of all of this in my life, in situations like not, not just this year, but like literally this week, today? Today, what can I do to respond? So I wanna give you just a, a quick moment to think about that and say, Lord, how, how do you want me to respond to this today? Some of us, our response might be to repent, <clears throat> to repent, to repent from believing in lies, repent from practicing immorality, repent from tolerating sin, repent from abandoning our first love, repent from believing false doctrine. I think for us, our response would be to repent. And then maybe this this morning you're in here and you're like, man, let me say, I, I don't know Jesus. Well, I'm here to tell you that you need to repent of your sins. <laughs> acknowledging, man, acknowledging that you are a sinner, acknowledging that you are separated from God. And say, many repent from that and turn to Jesus give my life to Jesus because what we've seen here is that he is merciful he is merciful to to embrace those who turn away and to put their faith and trust in him so last week we did the mission life challenge so here's here's the next the mission life challenge for us last week was a prayer walk and so I hope you're able to do that Uh, it was a really good time for me to prayer walk last week this next week, here's, here's the challenge for us. I want you to do the same thing that we did this morning, the Hear Journal, and do it all this next week with First Peter. Okay, so I want you to do a chapter a day. First Peter has about five chapters. And just Hear Journal through First Peter. And just see what the Lord does with that. So that's the challenge for us. That's the challenge. So let me go ahead and just pray for us, and we're gonna go to a time of worshiping the Lord again. Lord, in this moment, thank you so much that we could just kind of take a different Sunday to just seek your face, to seek you, and to take time to understand how how to study your word. Or maybe some of us, Lord, just really needed this today. Some of us really needed to just take time and to understand more of who you are, understand that your word does apply even in the most difficult of passages and that you are worthy of a response. So Lord, I pray in this moment that you would move and continue to move. That if if there is anyone, Lord, who just needs to truly repent, that they would do that. That they would search their hearts because you, Lord, are the one that searches hearts and minds. So you already know 
God, we praise you and we love you that you are our reward, our morning star. That when you arrive to the scene, all darkness flees. Lord Jesus, help us to not tolerate sin, but to hate it like you do. That our love for you would 